Pastor Tola Udutola is the senior pastor of Jesus House Baltimore, a redeemed Christian Church of God parish in the United States of America. He was a chartered accountant at Pete Marwick, KPMG, and at DHL as the Treasury Controller and Business Development Manager before being called into full-time ministry. He is the founding chairman of the Redeemers Leadership Institute, RLI. The leadership arm of the Redeemed Christian Church of God in North America, RCCGNA, which provides continuous training for religious leaders worldwide. Pastor Tola is the chairman of Alpha Leadership Conference, ALC, an organization charged with promoting and teaching leadership skills to all people of all nations. He consults, mentors, and coaches pastors and speaks regularly at leadership conferences, churches, corporations, ministers' conferences, seminars, and other leadership development opportunities. He is the author of I Am Better Than This and Line Crossers. He has a passion to challenge people to pursue and maximize their God-given potential. He is happily married to Pastor Kofo Udutola and they are blessed with three children. Welcome, Pastor Tola Udutola. Welcome, Pastor Tola Udutola. Come on, church. Come on, fountain. Come on, fountain. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you don't mind, if those hands are still your hands, can you put them together? For the God Almighty, the King of Glory, the Alpha, the Omega, Everlasting Father, the Creator of all things, visible and invisible, the one nobody elected into office, the one nobody can impeach. Are we somebody can shout hallelujah? Praise God. First Chronicles 12, 22. First Chronicles 12, 22. The Amplified Version says, For day by day, men kept coming to David to help him until there was a great army, like the army of God. Another version says, Until he became very great. There are very few things you can do in life without help. I'm telling you, help from God and men most times will humble you just to let you know that you can't do everything by yourself alone. I want you to pray this morning that God will send help to you. Let's go ahead and pray. Day by day, day by day, they kept on coming. The help of yesterday is not the help of today. Concerning David, day by day, they kept on coming. The people were not discouraged. They kept on coming, day by day. Pray that God will send help to you, day by day. Day by day. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Almighty God. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Father, we want to thank you. This morning as we look into your words, we ask that your words will lighten our path. By your spirit, give us understanding. At the end of the day, let your name alone be praised. For in Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. 
Praise the Lord. Before you take your seat, please welcome one or two people. Say, how are you doing? It's good, it's good to see you. How are you doing this morning? <laughs> it's called a fellowship. It's called a fellowship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm so glad I'm speaking first at this conference. I'm so glad. I'll soon tell you why I'm glad. Because if I mess up, by the time the conference finishes, you will have forgotten I messed up. You will have forgotten that I even came. Praise God. So that's why Jesus said that all the men that came before me, they are liars. So as I'm coming before so many other people, don't worry. I'm just praying and believing that God will bless you. Quickly, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians, new creation realities. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from verses 12 to 17. I read, for we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf, that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. Or if we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the Lord of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he died, talking about Jesus, for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now, we know him no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... Is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The greatest experience or the greatest thing that can happen to anybody in life is the fact that Christ died for us. Even though the Death was painful. It paid the price that you and I, or as many as call upon his name, we can be reconciled to the Father. Not because of what we did to deserve it, but he just decided that he was going to leave heaven and come here on earth to give his life so that you and I can be called the children of God. That's why I love that song that we sang, worship. In Romans chapter 5, from verses 7 to 9, Romans 5, 7 to 9, he said, for scarcely, for a righteous man will one night die, he said, yet, peradventure for a good man, someone will even have to dare to die. He said, but God commended his love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I'm so glad, I don't know about you, that Christ died for my sins. I'm so glad that I don't have to be looking for goats. I don't have to be looking for rams to sacrifice even when I mess up. Hallelujah. So Paul here was writing to the Corinthians. He was talking about the assurance of resurrection. He was talking about the judgment seat of Christ. 
And then he began to speak about our reality in Christ. And the first reality that he talked about is the reality of the new man that all things have passed away. First, I wanted to know that the word reality means facts. It means the true state of things. It's important for us to remind ourselves of our realities of new creation. Why? Because there are alternative realities today. And the challenge is that if you don't know the truth, it will be so easy for you to buy a lie. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? So you must be grounded in the truth. The first reality is that if any man be in Christ, he said he's a new creation. Why? Because all things have passed away. Whether we feel it or not, you are not what you used to be. Whether you feel it or not, you are not what you used to be. Why? Because an inside job or surgery or operation has been done on you. When we say that I believe in Christ, forgive me of my sins, I profess you as my Lord and Savior, we are new creations. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18. Isaiah 1 verse 18, what did God say? God said, come now, let us reason together. Says the Lord. Even though your sins they are like scarlet, they can be as white as snow. Even though they are red like crimson, he said they are what? They shall be as wool, as wool. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 17. Ephesians chapter 2 says, and he came and preached peace to those who are far off and to those who are near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now therefore you are no longer a stranger and foreigners but we are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. How many are glad that you are a new creation this morning? Somebody shout hallelujah. The new birth comes with the renewal of our minds and spirit. My mom used to say to me that two people don't lose out on a lie. The one who is lying knows or the one whom they are lying to knows. And I always say this that we as believers we should quit lying. Let's leave lying to unbelievers. You are a new creation. It's unfortunate that today many have brought what they used to be in the world. They have brought it into the church. If any man be in Christ, it's a new Christian. You can't be in Christ and be doing going out before women and say you are for girlfriends. Ah, ah, if any man is in Christ, it's a new Christian. Hallelujah. I warned you all by the time I finish, don't worry. By the time the conference finishes, maybe you'll have forgotten what I said. But I'm believing God that you will not forget. Is anybody hearing me today? In 1 Peter chapter 2, look at what Peter said from verses 1 to 3. 1 Peter 2. He said, therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, all envy, all evil speaking. He says, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the world, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord 
is gracious. He said we should lay it aside. To lay aside means that you have to intentionally do it yourself. Hallelujah. Number two reality of new creation is the reality of grace. It's the reality of grace. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. He said, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. He said, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should do what? Walk in them. Our new creation is by grace. Many times when we talk about grace, people think that they take grace to an extreme and Paul said, that shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? He said, no. He said, God forbid. God forbid. What is grace? Is the ability to do what you cannot do by yourself. That's grace. What is grace? Grace is being helped by God. No man has the ability to forgive themselves of their sins. So, the Bible says, when Jesus came, to reconcile man to God. He also came with power to forgive sins. So the Bible says that by grace we have been saved through faith. I, 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 love, I love that. By grace. Aren't you glad that you are saved by grace? Aren't you glad that you are not saved by doctrine? Aren't you glad that you are not saved by the way you look? By the way you dress? By the way you talk? Aren't you glad that you are not saved. Either you put on a hat or not as a woman. Aren't you glad that it's by grace that I've been saved? Let me tell you an inside story. When I was about to be ordained a pastor, we were taken to a place to pray. And we were locked in the place for about, it was supposed to be for a week, but they locked us in for about three days. All we were doing was just praying. I don't know about you. After a while of prayer, I was tired. And then the next day, we were barely sleeping four hours in 24 hours. And the next day, I wanted to take a shower and brush my teeth. Said there was no water. Uh -uh. I said, so we'll be praying with our... Uh, I, I felt that was a bit going to be offensive. Praise God. So I told the guy who was in charge, I said, please, I need to go home. This was in Lagos. I said, I need to go to my house. I used to live in Bagada then. I said, I need to go to my house and bring some water so that at least we can freshen up. And then we continue with uh, prayer. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. <laughs> they said, no, 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 no. I said, you know what, me, I'm going. They said, if you go, we will not ordain. I said, it's okay. Don't ordain me. I don't, I don't know about you. I didn't even want the ordination anyway. <laughs> I, I told him, I said, look, I'm an 11th hour worker. I'm telling you, I'm not here because of uh, anything. No. If you don't ordain me, don't ordain me. So I went home and I brought two kegs of water. After I've taken my shower, my wife said, ah, are you not supposed to? I said, look, I came to brush my teeth. <laughs> do, do you know the funniest thing? When I went back there with the kegs of water, those who said I should not go, they said, can I have some water? <laughs> Tell your neighbor, it's my grace who have been saved. <laughs> he said, by grace I will be saved through faith. It's the gift of God. 
If not, somebody will say, my righteousness is bigger than you. That's why I'm more saved than you. Hallelujah. But the truth about this grace, that it's not only grace for salvation. Grace is available in every and anything that we lay our hands upon. Hallelujah. Paul said something in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 9 to 10. 1 Corinthians 15, 9 to 10. Paul said, I am the least of the apostles. I am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. He said, but by grace, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I. He said, but the grace of God which was what? In me. He said, I am what I am by God's grace. You know, after a while that I had been saved, I, I would go for church meetings. And there's this friend of mine. We always met at those meetings. I would say, ah, Tola, I thank God for your life. Oh. You know. I thank God for your life. So one day I said to him, I said, why don't you thank God for your own life? Why? Because he was thinking back of what I used to be. He had forgotten that it's by grace that we have been saved. I don't know about you. I'm not on this pulpit based on qualification. I'm here by grace. I'm not speaking to you because I had cramped something to speak. But I'm here by grace. If there's anything you are going through in life, if there's anything that you need out of life, it is to walk according to grace. Because there are many with certificate, yet they have not been able to get a job. There are many who understand the business, yet the business is not prospering. Is anybody hearing what I'm talking about this morning? Maybe you are in a marriage and you've done everything on your own to be able to make everything look good but things seem not to be working why don't you hang on the grace of God and say God I need your grace I can do everything but that's not the issue it is by grace that we can move ahead somebody say I need some grace come on say I need some grace Bible says of the abundance of his grace we have received grace for grace. If Jesus had abundance of grace, you don't need half measure of grace. That's the son of God. He needed grace. He was praying in the garden of Gethsemane. He was tired. And the Bible says that the angels came to minister to him. That was God's grace at work. Number three. Reality. Is the reality of faith. Reality of faith. We are not only saved by grace, but the Bible says that true faith. There is no Christianity without faith. What is faith this morning? I'm not going to give you a theology kind of um, definition, if you've noticed now. Because some of those things at times you forget in times of trouble. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you forget. But faith to me is believing God at his word. Is anybody hearing me? You say, by grace have you been saved through faith. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3. Verse 3 says that by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen, they were not made of things which are visible, my God. In verse 6 it says, by faith 
But without faith, rather, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And is a rewarder of those who are diligently seeking. Faith brings understanding to spiritual matters. Faith. Faith makes me to believe that the world was not formed through science. It was created by the word of God. Faith makes me to believe that the chicken came before the egg. Oh my goodness. Is anybody hearing me right now? Oh, no, 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 no. The chicken came before the egg. But science will tell me that chickens came after the egg or through the egg. But when God created the world, there were no eggs. Do I need a scientific theory to believe that the, 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 the birds were created without eggs? No, by faith. I believe it. Why? Because no scientist was around. When the world was created. Oh Lord have mercy. Is anybody hearing me this morning? Praise the Lord. Somebody say by faith I believe. By faith I believe. That God when he created the heavens and the earth. There was a place called Nigeria. It was not United Nations. That did the lines and delineated oh, Nigeria from Republic of Benin. Or from Togo. or from this. No, 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 no. At the beginning when God created all things. All this was in existence in his mind. And he created. He said let there be. And there was. In Hebrews 11. I love, I love the story. In verse 17. 17 to 19. He said, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac. Oh, my God. Your faith will be tested. <laughs> I'm telling you. Your faith will be tested. If it has not been tested to now, keep on living. I'm telling you, your faith is going to be tested. He said, he who had received the promises, offered up only his begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac, your seed shall be called, according, concluding, that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. Look, can you can you look up? Can, can you imagine an African Abraham married to a Nigerian Sarah? Can I can I come down a little bit? Married to a Nigerian Sarah, and you have waited for a child for twenty five years, and all of a sudden you wake your wife up, and you say, God has asked me. To go and sacrifice. Which Isaac are you talking about? Is it the Isaac of your brother? Or the Isaac of your sister's son? He said, no, 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 no. This, uh, the one that we waited for 25. You know that they will be in counseling. Is anybody hearing me? But this man took the boy. And he was going. And he went on a journey. And the Bible said on the fourth day, God showed him where the place was. And he told everybody, stay here. I am going there to offer this boy as a sacrifice. To sacrifice to worship God. And the Bible said that when they got there, the boy was about 17. According to theologians. And this boy at 17 could literally wrestle his 100-year-old father to the ground. But this boy submitted himself. So that he asked the man, he said, where is the sacrifice? He said, God himself will provide. But what was it that Abraham did? Abraham believed in himself by faith that even if the boy died, God is able to raise him up. I don't know what is dying in your life. I want to believe God that God Almighty will raise it up. I said God will raise it up in the name of Jesus. If the spirit that raised Jesus Christ 
is in you. The Bible says it will quicken your mortal body. Somebody shake yourself around and say, I will arise. By faith. By faith. I went to Baltimore 23 years ago. Not knowing anybody. And our children were ages five and three. By faith. Because we had God say go. By faith, we did the first service. And the total offering was $11. And I subtracted how much I give from the $11. You know, I trained as an accountant. Uh, so, numbers come to me very easy. And I'm also an Ijebu man. Okay, maybe you start understanding where I'm coming from. And I tried to divide what the other adults give. And I, it was not balancing very well. But by faith, we prayed upon the money. I would say, God, receive this unto yourself. But I look back today, and yet we are doing a budget of over 5 million every year. By faith, we started. Not because somebody said, this is the money. Go and set up the church. We went there by what? By faith. Somebody said, I walk by faith. Job said by faith, even though it slays me, say yet, will I continue to praise him? Your faith will be tested even as a new creation. But your faith must bring you to a conclusion. <laughs> Abraham concluded in himself. There are times people are patting you and tapping you and saying, you need to slow down. You need to stop this thing you are doing. But because by faith, that's why you stepped out. You must come to a conclusion. That's why Paul said that, I am persuaded that he's able to keep that which is committed into his hands. Your faith does not only bring you to a conclusion, but it, it, it solidifies your persuasion on what you are doing. Because anything and everything that is not done according to faith is sin. Is anybody hearing me today? Number four, number four, number four is the reality of freedom and our heritage. Reality of freedom and our heritage. I love that song. I'm no longer a slave again. I'm no longer because, oh God. In Romans chapter 8, verses 1 to 4. Romans 8, 1 to 4. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through faith. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh 
on account of sin, that he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to what? Our new creation in Christ comes with freedom. Comes with freedom. I'm shocked when people born get born again and they say, oh, I don't eat chicken. And after being born again, they still say, I don't eat. Uh, you are free. You are free. There's nothing I cannot eat, even snake. <laughs> I eat it in freedom. You are free. I used to be afraid to go to my town, Ijabode. And I will tell you one or two things about myself by the time I'm around enough. Because I was afraid that somebody was going to take my life away. And I had been warned. But when my mom, whenever you go there, make sure you don't eat. When I got born again, and I went after I got born again, they say, what are you going to eat? Before I would say, no, I said, anything you have, bring it. What are you going to Anything you have, bring it. I ate, I drank. I said, okay, I'm going back to Lagos. I will see you. Maybe they were expecting me to fall down and die. I'm still standing. <laughs> is anybody hearing me? There is therefore no condemnation for them who are in Christ. I might not be what I really want to be right now. But if I keep on living... I will get there. So there is no way for me to put down myself. Hallelujah. You know, I, 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 I rejoice with people when they do well. I'm telling you, God says, my, I just rejoice with you because I, I'm not intimidated by your success. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Why? Because I know my own is coming. Is anybody hearing me? And when it comes, even if you don't know, I will tap you and say it has come. Oh. <laughs> Let me tell you, neighbor, my time is coming. Oh, tell you the other neighbor, say my time is coming. Somebody that believes that shout hallelujah. In the same Romans chapter 8, from verses 14 to 17, see what the writer says. He said, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, he said, These are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Oh my God. He said, but you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out what? Abba Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are what? Children of God. And if we are children, then what? Heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, we will also be glorified together. Is anybody hearing? I've not just been saved by grace through faith, but I've now been put at the same level with my senior brother, Christ Jesus. He said, we are joined. Yes. Which means not only the chief change here for me, even in heaven, things have changed. Even in the spirit, things have changed. Why? I no longer, I'm no longer a slave. Oh my God. When you know who you are in Christ, you will not be intimidated by anybody. You know, thank God for protocol. Praise God. I'm telling you, thank God for protocol. And I, I don't have a problem with protocol. 
But most times in Baltimore, people have come to me and said, Pastor, we wanted to see you last week, but we could not because the protocol. Da, da, da. Oh, I said, but you guys, I'm a pastor of people. Oh. Please don't send them away because when they, are, when they go away, who will I pastor? So let's balance this thing. Is anybody hearing me? Well, you know what? I have a 17 and a half year old daughter. When she walks into that office, even if you just became a protocol that day, she doesn't ask you for excuse before she comes into my office. You know why? Because she knows she's my daughter. When you know you are the son and the daughter of God, nobody will be able to stop you. You approach God. Why? The Bible said, let us come to the throne of grace and approach him with boldness. I'm not talking of arrogance right now. I'm talking of revelation. Knowing who you are in Christ. Knowing who you are in Christ. Somebody say, I'm a child of God. Oh, say one more. Say, I'm a child of God. Ah, number five. Number five. And I'm going to spend a few minutes on this one. Is the reality of glory. The reality of glory. What is glory? Glory can be defined as weight. Exposure to light. Beauty. Splendor. Something that secures praise or renown. Glory can be described as distinguished quality. It can also be described as the height of prosperity or achievement. Hallelujah. When Adam sinned, he felt he fell from glory. The coming of Christ was to restore our glory that we lost through Adam. That's why the psalmist says in Psalm 8, verses 4 to 6, he said, who is man that you are mindful of him? Who is the son of man that you visit him? He said, but you have made him a little lower than the angel. The, 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 the right, the right um, meaning there, or definition there, is that you have made him a little lower than God. Elohim, the creator. Is anybody hearing me? And you have crowned him with glory and honor. People might not see what's on your head, but there is glory upon you. I said there is glory upon you. There is honor upon you. He said you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. And you have put all things. Somebody say all things. Oh, come on, say it clearly. Come on, say it like you mean it. Under his feet. When God created Adam, he had a relationship with him. So that in the evening, God will not call him that he was on his way to visit with him. You know, when you go to your real friend's houses, you don't really call them to say, uh, are you at home or are you? You just go. I know the traffic is so bad right now. So you might be cause of traffic and say, I don't want to go on a trip. But if you press the bell and your body looks out on the window and say, who is that? And you say, my name is Tola. Your body doesn't say, but we didn't know you were coming. They'll be so glad 
to open the door for you. That was what was happening between God and Adam. The Bible said that God will walk into the garden just to fellowship with him. And I'm talking about the kind of glory that only God alone could give man that glory. Is anybody hearing me? But when man lost the glory, the coming of Jesus was to give that glory back to man. I don't know what you are going through this morning. That you are bowing down your heads. It's time to lift up your head. It's time to look up. You know, ah, Lord have mercy. At times, culture can mess people up. Because in our culture, that's the Yoruba culture. When people are talking to you, they don't expect you to look at them eyeball to eyeball. Because they say that, you this boy, that's an affront. You are, you are looking at me? You are looking at me like that? So when they are talking to you, you are looking like this. Until I got to America to realize that that culture will not work well. Because if anybody is talking to you in America and looking down, you will not get the job. Because they say to you, they will say that this man, you are not sure of yourself. They will say to you, maybe you are even lying. That's why you cannot look at me eyeball to eyeball. Can you look at your neighbor eyeball to eyeball? And say, I am covered with God's glory. Is anybody hearing me? Now, there is nothing, nothing that should stop you from walking around. Why? Because the glory of God is upon you. It, that's in John chapter 17, verse 22. John 17, 22. Jesus said, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them. That they may be one, just as we are one. Praise the Lord. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 27 says that Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. In Psalm 24, Psalm 24 from verse 7, Psalm 24, verse 7. The Bible said, lift up your heads, who you get. He said, and be lifted up your everlasting doors, that the king of glory shall come in. He said, who is this king of glory? Is the Lord strong and mighty. The Lord that is what? <laughs> Gates are barriers. Are barriers. To know how much is inside a compound, you look at the height of their gates to know that they are really trying to secure something on the inside, inside, inside. There are times in life that you want to achieve something and there are gates before you. Like the gates of hell. That's why Jesus said that I will build what? My church. He said the gates of hell shall not do what? Shall not prevail. Because the glory of God is upon you as a new reality in Christ. You should be able to say to every gate lift up your heads. Is anybody hearing me? There's something about glory. Is that glory can be seen. You see, there's a way you look that someone will say, oh boy, you are glowing these days. We say that many times to women. You know, there's a lady that she had been single for a long time. And, and, and I saw her. As soon as I saw her, I knew something had happened. Because she was glowing. I said, how are you doing? She said, fine. I said, this is your face. There is something going on. No. He said, ah, pastor, there is nothing. I said, no, 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 no. There is something going on. This is your face. It's not the face that we used to see before. There is something going on. He said, pastor, let me tell you. 
I'm going to get my revenge. I can see the, the matter. Is anybody hearing me? I mean, if your husband is sitting with your wife, this is the time for you to tell her that she's glowing. It might be a good time to tell her. I'm telling you, it will, it will pay you at the end of the day. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. This thing is about banking and receiving. No, you cannot withdraw if you don't bank. Oh, you better start to bank now. Oh, I'm not looking anywhere. Is anybody hearing me? Glory can be impactful because there's a way you carry glory. That every and anybody you meet, you impact their lives. Is anybody hearing me? It's not only impactful, but glory can be generational. That's why God introduces himself many times as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's talking about glory that is generational. Pastor, this is the message I've been preaching in our church for a while now. That why should it be that in the black church or the black family that blessings only last for one generation. Ah, I don't know why. Because there were some names growing up that I knew in this Lagos that their name meant money. Today you, you don't even meet their sons. You, I can be mentioning those names right now but I don't want to create any offense. I'm telling you, you, you have not even met any of their sons, not to talk of the third generation. Why is it that we establish a business, we establish a church, and once the founder dies, the church dies? What is wrong with us? Glory can be generational. Is anybody hearing me? Because when you look at Abraham, Isaac was more blessed than Abraham. Jacob even broke the barrier. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Joseph even went beyond and above. I prophesy and I speak to your life. Your glory will be generational. Your wealth will not end with you. Your wisdom will not end with you. You will transfer to your children. Your children, they will be greater than you. I wish somebody can say amen. Glory, let's be seated. I'm almost done right now. Glory can also depart or be lost. Glory. In the story of Ichabod, which is glory has departed, the Israelites had fought with the Philistines and they had carried the ark of the covenant away from the camp of Israel. This is in 2 Samuel chapter 6. But the Bible says that when they took thank you sir, when they took the ark to the camp of the Philistines, don't forget that the ark contained the presence of God. The ark contained the glory of God. So when they took it to their camp the Bible says that Dagon, they put it near their God. When they woke up in the morning, uh, Dagon had fallen down. They say, who pushed uh, Dagon? Uh, this, is, this is nonsense. So somebody must be playing a prank. And they stood Dagon up. By the time they came back the next day, Dagon has not only fallen down, Dagon had lost his arms. They said, this thing is dangerous. The only difference is that we brought this ark 
the God of the Israelites into our camp. And the Bible said that they decided to take the ark back to Israel or to the Israelites. On their way, the cart they were using, it was tilting in a way. And there was a man called Uzzah who said it would be wrong for God to fall down. And he put his hand on it. And the Bible said that God struck him and he died. Everybody was afraid. Are you getting what I'm saying right now? So when they took the ark back to the camp, David was afraid. David said, rather than the ark to come to my house, David said, let us take it to the house of Obedidom. I don't know what Obedidom did for David, but definitely David was not thinking good about Obedidom. And the Bible says that the ark was placed in Obedidom's house. What was supposed to be a cost to Obedidom? The Bible says that God turned it around for good. Whatever it is that the enemy is trying to do, Concerning your destiny, God will turn it around for good. I said, God will turn it around for good. I said, God will turn it around for good. In the name of Jesus. You see, I was raised by a single mother. My mother had nine children. She never went to school. My mother and my dad were never married. Can you just play softly for me, please? They were never married. So in Yoruba terms, I'm the son that was born outside. That circumstance, even though you had no and as it were in it puts a blemish on you and for many years I used to ask God I said why did you allow this to happen to me uh, growing up what we had in excess in my family was love money was tight so I went to school, hustling. So when people hear my name, it's difficult to understand why I'm poor. Because the name Odutola is synonymous with entrepreneurship and wealth. Uh, and yet, I was struggling. Pastor Tao, I am my God. I learned from age 10 how to sell things to pay for my school fees. Age 10. At age 10, my whole world changed. I became an adult. Because one day my mom said to me, you need to go and live with a teacher. The teacher was living 20 minutes away from our house. That was 50 years ago. So if you are doing the math, I'm 60. <laughs> I, I know, I know you are doing the math. I just, I just said, let me tell you the answer before you bring out your calculator. <laughs> 10 plus 50 is what? I'm 60. In the teacher's house, 
my job was cut out. Every weekend, on Saturday morning, I'll wake up very early to wash clothing. Even though my mom sent me there, because she believed that something better will come out of my life. But I was used as a houseboy. Houseboy. I'm telling you this to get to a point. Because many times when you see people and you don't know their story, you jump to a wrong conclusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, he passes in America. Oh, really? Hmm. It didn't start like that. It didn't start like that. So when I finished washing uh, with soda on my fingers, there will be blisters, sir. Yeah, I'm talking to our pastor. So I sit after I've lined the clothing for it to dry. Because we lived in a compound. That's the teacher's house. And when you live in the compound, uh, how many understand the compound I'm talking about here? Uh, because when I say compound in America, they are looking at me like, seriously? Uh, you mean an apartment? Hey, no, 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 no. It's not apartment. Uh, in the compound, there is only one kitchen. There is only one bathroom. There is only one toilet. When you are cooking in the compound, if you go to your room, you take your pot. Because by the time you come back, anything could have happened. Because it's a... I, 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 I don't know about you, but when I went to school, I believe that teachers in my generation, they were not from heaven. I, I just believe that they were from hell. Because if their marriage was not doing good, they take it out on the students. If, anything, if they woke up on a wrong day, they take it out. On, I'm not talking about teachers these days. So if a teacher right now, don't worry, your reward is no longer in heaven. He's a... Yeah, yeah or not? So when I finish, I'll start to iron. That was my Saturday. So on Sundays, the teacher will now ask me, that will do a word round because it does word rounds around the neighborhood. And as it's going everywhere, parents are calling him and saying, This boy messed up yesterday. And the man will say, Bring me a cane. He beats you in front of your parents. That's how I grew up. I'm talking 1969. So it's a while. Is anybody hearing me? So I will carry his briefcase. And as it's going, because of fear, I just believed one way or the other that he had eyes at the back. So as I'm carrying the suitcase, briefcase, I'm following him. My friends in the neighborhood, and will pass through my own neighborhood, they will come out and say, come and see Tola. The, the teacher they are afraid of is the one I'm living with. So they know that my life is hell. <laughs> now, because they see him only during the school me, I sleep, I wake up with the teacher. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
Now, they are messing me up. I knew what to do. But I could not. Because they are a distraction. Because the man said, follow me. So when we get to our house, my, oh my God, my siblings will come out. I say, Atola, how are you? I cannot greet them. I'm following the teacher. I never knew it was going to work out for me. So when I go through troubles now, God will say, do you remember the teacher? I say, yes, sir. He said, do you remember how you followed the teacher? I said, I remember. How can I forget? I'm telling you 50 years after. I, I still remember it like yesterday. Each time I tell this story, I'm crying because it was painful for me. I was a 10-year-old. God said, the way you follow the teacher, he said, follow me. I said, God, what is the scripture? He said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, for the joy that was set before him, I endured the giant and the messing up of my siblings, of my friends. Why? Because if I did not do that, they might do a service of songs for me that day. From the way it will have beaten me up. Pastor Tao, today I travel all over the world preaching the gospel. And the people don't even know the story of the teacher. Rise on your feet. I never knew you will favor me this way. I did not know you will favor me this way. I had no clue you will favor me this way. Ah, you just favored me this way. I can only say thank you. I never knew. I never knew. I did not know, I never knew you will favor me this way. Oh, I did not know, I did not know you will favor me this way. Ah, he has favored me this way. I say, I'm done. Look, look up for a minute. If you forget anything I've said today, don't forget this one. You see, when you go to some offices, they have sliding doors. And as you walk towards them, in your mind, it's like, if this thing doesn't open, will I walk through it and I might injure myself? But there is a program that has been put in the glass such that the more you approach it, the more it opens. I have good news for somebody here today. You see, as you approach life, no matter what you are going through, after a while, the door of life will open to you. Why? Because on the other side, there is glory ahead of you. I said there is glory ahead of you. Lift up your hands and say, Father, I ask you, in the name of Jesus, show me your glory. Come on, somebody, can you pray for one minute? Show me your glory. I ask that you will show me your glory. In the name of Jesus, Lord help me I want to see your goodness show me your glory 
in my project, in my family, in my marriage, in ministry. Show me your glory, Almighty God. Thank you, Almighty God. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. And you lift up your hands to God. I declare to you today that when next I see you, I will see you at the top. I said I will see you at the top. In the name of Jesus. I pray that God Almighty will send helpers of destinies to you. I pray for you that you will not fail. You will not fall. You will not falter. You will not die young. In the mighty name of Jesus. For the sake of what God will do for you in this land of Lagos, people will envy your pastor. Hey! I said people will envy your pastor. In the name of Jesus. No matter your challenges, God will turn your life around. I said God will turn your life around. In the name of Jesus. Before the end of this conference, God will fill your mouth with laughter. I said it will fill your mouth with laughter. Your testimony will abound. And your testimony will stand. In the name of Jesus. Somebody shout a good aim. God bless you. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm waiting for the whole of Lagos to start to envy me. On account of your success. On account of your strength. On account of your deliverance. Tell your neighbor. Say this is new creation reality. I'm a product of this reality. In Jesus name.